Welcome to A Bevy of Bloods, a fan podcast of the Sydney Swans Football Club. My name's Noddy, joined as always by Steve-O, and in this episode number 16, we're going to talk about the status of the ABOB medal leaderboard, a few general topics in the AFL, a quick preview of the game against Port, uh, and finish off with all of our tips for the rest of the round. So to all you signets and swanlings out there, fluff up your tail feathers and settle in for a potentially biased yarn about all things to do with our beloved Bloods. Uh, round 14 was a buy for the blood. So in place of a game review, we're going to do a quick update on the a bevy of bloods medal, which is our best and fairest, and then have a bit of a general chat about some of the players. So Steve-O, how are you going, mate? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. I think probably less less rushed around than you because we're coming a bit late this week. We normally try and upload by, by midweek, like Wednesday for regular listeners, but this week we're a, a day and a half late, which we apologise for, but you've been quite busy. Maybe you can let them know. You can tell me what we've been up to. Yes, yeah, I have I have a legitimate reason, and, and that is uh, I was fortunate enough to welcome uh, my firstborn uh, son into the world um, on uh, earlier this week. So I've been at the hospital. I'm currently recording from a, a little room tucked away in the hospital, so apologies if there's uh, some noise or it cuts out. But, yeah, I've just... Um, I've, uh, I've got the okay from the missus to duck out and do a quick podcast <laughs> with Steve-O on the blood. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm obviously over the moon at the moment. Um, and what a perfect time for the bub to arrive in by round. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this because the due date was, what, last week sometime, I guess, and it was, it was perfectly it was placed. It, yeah. it was. It was just after the last game, unfortunately, um, having lost against the Hawks, but it, it timed the run perfectly. And, um, yeah, so couldn't obviously... Um, just over the moon that that um, he's arrived safely and and uh, we're looking uh, ahead to the, <laughs> the next half of the season. <laughs> That's fantastic. And is there any um any names in the pipeline? We're talking about Buddy's kids' names a couple of weeks ago. Have you got um, which I found out by the way is 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 Rocky. So Buddy's Buddy's kid is Rocky. Buddy's boy is Rocky. But no, I'm going with. Um, and well, I mean, one time going with it, it's in the pipeline. It hasn't been far. I haven't got the final approval yet, but um, I'm thinking Skill Lachlan, and that of course is a com- is a combination of Skilton Lockett and Franklin. But I haven't got it over the line just yet. But it's certainly in the mix. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I'll uh, I'll let you know offline um, what we end up going with. But I'm I'm. I'm holding out hope that it's something to do with the, the swans. But if it's not, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a cracker anyway. <laughs> did, did you know, I, I heard this a while ago, and this reminds me of it. There was a big Arsenal fan, like Arsenal, the, the football team from the UK, like um, European football from England. And this guy, he was a massive Arsenal fan, and he convinced the his wife to name their first daughter Lanestra because Lanestra, he said, oh, it's this beautiful name, and I've always wanted to have a girl called Lanestra. And then after it had all gone through, they realised that Lanestra is Arsenal spelled backwards <laughs> well played sir i mean like obviously somewhat deceitful to his, yeah. to his wife none of, none of that is happening with me and me and my missus so no nah, it's all good it's uh, just fun and games obviously um uh yeah had con- had seriously considered all three of those names but yeah no uh, i think we'll probably go with something a little bit more <laughs> mainstream in that regard but yeah no um that's a funny one laresna 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 yeah i think laresna laresna arsenal, arsenal it, it does have a it does have an exotic sound to it but i guess arsenal the football club is not that exotic so yeah funny funny story there, yeah, so there'll be no little 
swan spell backwards. Anyway, let's let's crack on. Let's get this um get this going. Let's um let's yeah, perfect, mate. Let's do yeah. um just a quick quick update on the leaderboard for the A Bob medal, which I think you're going to take the lead on here. Um, so I'll pass over to you, mate. Yeah, I've just got the top ten because I thought it's interesting because I mean we're a bit past halfway in the season and it's interesting to think about you know the types of players that are doing well and so I'll just read out the top ten. I'd say the top eleven actually because the two players in tenth are, are even on points. But Mills is miles ahead, like he's a solid twenty points ahead of the next one, which is Hickey, then Parker, Kennedy, Heaney, Franklin, Lloyd, Florent, Warner, Papley, Rampy in that order. So that's eleven players. Yeah, okay. And there's only mm. the, the thing that jumps out at me first of all with that is that it's like a, a kind of young team, but nine out of those 11 are actually already established players, which isn't a surprise, I suppose. But um, I thought it was quite well, something I hadn't thought about. But yeah, Florent and Warner are the only two of the younger group that are in that top 11, and neither of them have actually had a vote since round seven. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, fair enough with Warner. He's um, been off for a couple of weeks and then his last few games before he was rested was, uh, well, they were a bit um, slower compared to how he started the season. But uh, I'm guessing um, Rowey wouldn't be too far out of the top 10, I imagine, with his recent games or at least um, climbing. But yeah, Mills, wow, look at that. He's uh, 21 points ahead of Hickey. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Yeah, he's miles ahead and consistent too. I mean, Mills and Hickey both have been consistent. Mills and Hickey have both got votes off us nine out of 13 weeks. So they both had really strong seasons. Hickey's had a couple of ones where he's been injury affected. Um, Mills has just been, I think, one of the most improved players of the AFL this year with the way that he's come into midfield. And if he was playing yeah. for a Victorian club, I think they'd be talking about him a lot more, really, because he's been very good this year. I mean, he streaks ahead in the best and fairest in top eight team. I mean... It's not easy to do. He should he should be he should definitely be in all Australian discuss like um, at least be brought up to. I mean, but that's the issue though, isn't it? They 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 always um, stock the forward line with midfielders, and uh, they don't tend to do it as much with the back line. But I mean, Mills is you know he's already a decorated defender, but he's just like gone to a different level as this um, you know emerging midfield. Uh, bull really um so yeah I, I hope he gets a look in anyway but um i'm sure he won't yeah i, I bet he won't too <laughs> <laughs> yeah right okay well that's um that's interesting all right well let's it'll be um cool to see who who steps up in the second half of the season and and if hopefully some of those younger guys um can continue on with their form that, that would be good to push these older well more senior players um in terms of, it's really just consistency isn't it you can really see the, the the senior players they they deliver every week, don't they? Yeah, and we've noticed that I think a bit like in these games, like okay, we lost to Hawthorne, and even in the weeks before that, looking it's Carlton and St Kilda, well, okay, we got the win, but still the team was a bit down. It was these um, these sort of older, more experienced guys that were the ones who were all the best players on the field. I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, nice one. Um, okay. And oh, of course, just as a reminder, the ABOB medal is something that Steve-O and I run. It's just um, the, the effectively the best and fairest that uh, Steve-O and I uh, put together after the end of every round. So this is certainly not official. This is very much a, a fan podcast type thing, but uh, it, it keeps us going during the week or certainly before my firstborn was born. So yeah. <laughs> um, so, Steve-O, if that's enough for, of that, do we want to have a quick yarn about the list or should we hold that for a separate episode? I think because we're so close to the end of the, um, the, end of the week anyway, I mean, by the time this gets 
gets out, it'll be Friday, I imagine. Friday morning, people will be listening to this or late Thursday night. So maybe we can talk about the list next week or the week after. We were planning to go through and look at all the players that are contracted um, or that aren't contracted, I should say, for next year and sort of think about where they're at and which ones the Swans might keep and what we might need. But I reckon we could hold that over until next time. Okay. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. No worries. Um, oh, I should also um, apologize. I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. I'm patching in through an iPhone. So if the quality is uh, not there and we, we, we acknowledge that this is a pretty lo-fi podcast in general, but um, yeah, sorry to the listeners if it's a bit um, tricky to hear, but yeah, I thought I'd just add that. That really has nothing to do with the list, but I just thought I'd throw that one in there. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's push ahead and we'll come back to that list discussion uh, in the next uh, episode or following episodes. And let's have, so VFL, where are we at with the VFL, steve um, the VFL is back up and running, actually. So the games they're playing in Victoria, I don't know if they've got crowds or what the deal is, but they've certainly been playing. So last week they played, but the Swans had a bye, so they didn't play. And then this week, coming into um, into the, the next round, we're scheduled to play, and who knows what's going to happen with this. We'll talk about more of this in the, in the preview of the senior games. We're scheduled to play the Giants at... Um, giant stadium on Sunday but I can't see that going ahead without any sort of chaos because both the Swans and the Giants most of their lists are currently in Melbourne um, because of Sydney COVID stuff which we'll talk about a bit more in a sec so we don't have any updates as to what's going to happen with that video for game maybe they play with some squad players I don't know what they'll do maybe they'll top up with the academies I don't know yeah you'd think so Potentially the uh, under nineteens and under seventeens, maybe. So, it'll be interesting to see what what, what they go with. But um, all right, well, uh, okay, well, let's move on to the next topic. Nice, short, sharp episode this week. Um, I think we're going to have a bit of a quick chat about our dream AFL composition, um, and the reason being, I think, um, has been in the news lately. Well, not just this year, but in the the past couple of years, or really since they've come about is the Gold Coast Suns Football Club. Uh, They're obviously struggling again this year. And I think, Steve, you were saying there's been a bit of chat uh, again about how poor they are and and will they survive. So um, fill me in on that. What have you heard? Uh, I mean, all the panel shows this week um, were, were pretty heavy on the Suns. I mean, they're not anywhere near where they've been hoped to be. They're really struggling on field. Um, there's been a lot of speculation around their coaching and their off-field structures um, and the role of the AFL and the club. I mean, the AFL controls the Gold Coast club. Um, a lot of resources have gone into the club. And that combined with um, with some more games than normal have been played in Tasmania because of the COVID stuff in Victoria. So the combination, I think, of the Suns being in real trouble and Tasmania putting its hand up and also now Northern Territory putting its hand up and saying that they want to have AFL teams has had a lot of discussion about how the AFL competition might look going forward, whether it's 18 teams, do they go to 20 teams, what teams they would be. So we thought we might have just a quick chat about what we would like our own. This isn't what we think might happen just how we would like the afl to sit so you can go first um all right yeah fair play mate i um so i think adding more teams is great because then you can i know that it would be um it gets tricky with the with the scheduling and the broadcasting and then maybe you only play every other team um, once a year like you play home and away basically in a rolling two-year schedule but uh, I, i've i've avoided that 
I've, I've just for the for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to stick with the same uh, format in terms of number of teams. So we'll keep 18. So then we can basically just fit into the current schedule, which is obviously 23 rounds, including the bye. So 18 teams, same format. Um, I'm saying the North North Melbourne Kangaroos or the Hawthorne Hawks to Tasmania. So they relocate um, and then become the Tasmanian Roos or the Tasmanian Hawks. Um, uh, the next thing is what the other team that doesn't go to Tasmania becomes the territories team. So either the Hawks or the Roos, um, they, they're based in Canberra, uh, but they represent the ACT and the Northern Territory. And they play two games in Alice Springs and two games in Darwin every year, not just an exhibition game, um, the, the Dreamtime games or the Indigenous round games, but they have four guaranteed games in the Northern Territory every year. Um, and if you want to do Indigenous rounds on top of that with other clubs, that's fine. But my thinking is to just get more regular games in the Northern Territory there. The other thing is I've chosen two of um, what I would consider other somewhat struggling clubs, and it's on a financial, not necessarily on a performance um, basis, but um, from the Victorian pool of 10 clubs, um, I've selected the Saints, and I'm probably going to get murdered for, for this, but the Bulldogs as well. Um, and I think both of these, to either of these teams, a bit like the Roos and the Hawks, they should relocate to uh, form a new WA team uh, and a new SA team. So it, the Saints or the Bulldogs relocate to, let's say, southern uh, Western Australia. Um, uh, so let's say a couple, one hour out of south of Perth or south of Frio, if you want. Um, I think it's Mandurah or Rockingham. There's a bit of a base there. Um, and then uh, either the Bulldogs or the Saints would then relocate to form a new South Australian team and whether or not they roll into a pre-existing club in either of these areas that could be considered as well um, a, you know take some of that local history as well the reason for this is I think that you know we, we all know how strong Aussie rules is in WA and SA I think you know throw them another club they, they, these all four clubs are always strong you know, the Eagles, the, well, apart from the Dockers, um, we haven't won yet. But, um, you know, Port and the Crows have won. Um, and these are very strong football states. So let's take some struggling uh, Melbourne teams and, and spread the love, which is probably what they should have done with these other clubs. But I think that's what you're going to talk about in your uh, dream composition. So, Steve, I'll hand over to you, mate. Yeah, I guess mine's a bit of a different angle. I mean, you, you talked about the idea of even wanting more than 18 teams, I guess, pushing up into 20 or something like that. I kind of think that, I don't kind of think, I do think that there's already too many teams in the AFL. I think that, you know, 16 or even 14 would be enough for a country the size of Australia when you consider that, you know, two of the, or, or two, I guess, two of the three most popular states, it's not really a major sport even, and they'd really probably only need one or maximum two teams each in New South Wales and Queensland to satisfy the demand for football. When you compare to other countries around the world, the amount of teams we have per capita is huge. Like for a country of 20 something million people to have 18 professional AFL teams, plus a bunch of NRL teams, plus the super rugby, plus the cricket, plus this, I mean, there's the A-League. It's a lot of professional teams for a, a relatively small number of people. Um, if you compare Canada, like Canada is ice hockey mad and they have seven NHL teams for the entire of Canada. And there's what, 35 million something people in Canada. Um, and if you look at the Premier League in the UK, there's 20 teams for a country that's more than 60 million people. So I don't think we need so many teams. I think the trouble that we have is that there's too much history attached to um, 
to in particular the Victorian teams, like the old VFL teams. And so cutting them is going to be almost impossible because there's there's too much beyond um, just running a football competition. It would make it very hard to to prune many of them, if any of them, honestly. So I'd try and stick at 18 teams because it's already there. And we know that the AFL is not going to go below that because they want the money from the nine games a week um, on the telly. So there's no chance of going below um, nine matches a week, so 18 teams. So if you want to bring in new teams, you need to remove existing ones. So um, I would look at giving Gold Coast a couple more years. And if things don't start to shift, you know, within, you know, three to five years, consider removing them. Um, that'd get rid of one and then merge two of the weaker Victorian teams, probably two of those that you spoke about. So Ruse, Saints, Bulldogs, either merging two of them or simply putting one of them back to the VFL. I don't know why we're, we're so focused on teams having to be at the elite level. Again, if you look at other countries, there's quite a strong culture of following your team between divisions throughout the life cycle of a team. And there's no reason Australia couldn't embrace at least part of that model. Um, so then if we get rid of two, let's say, Gold Coast and one of the Victorian teams is gone, then I'd have a team in Tasmania and a team in Northern Territory, um, standalone teams in both places. And then the Giants to gradually shift more into Canberra as well. So if if over time the Giants become more of a Canberra team and then that sort of fringe part maybe of Western Sydney, um, then you'd have all states and territories covered. So we'd have a team in each state and territory. We'd still have a lot of teams in Melbourne, but again, like I said, with the history, I think it'd be tough. To, to budge too many of them. And I'd like to have sort of standalone like new teams in both Tassie and Northern Territory. Um, and if we ever expanded further into WARSA, again, I'd like to kind of do what they did with Port, like get one of the teams from there maybe and, and build it up rather than a transplanting yeah. a, a VFL team. Just because I think that, um, you know, like a recycled VFL team to Tasmania, like let them have their own side and same with the Northern Territory. And, um, and you know have a chance to sort of build their own history and stuff it's worked with sydney and it's worked with brisbane to an extent i wouldn't call brisbane a merger it was more of a a bit of a takeover really it wasn't a relocation brisbane was already there and they just sprinkled a couple of fitzroy players on there and started calling them the lions you know so it wasn't really a merger um sydney was a relocation um both of those worked i think because they were going into non-traditional football markets but tasmania and northern territory are very strong footy places and, um, and a lot of people there are going to have their own teams. Like if you, you saw how many people turned up to watch Essendon play in Tasmania last week against Hawthorne, like it was a pro Essendon crowd for a Hawthorne game in Tasmania. Mm. How many of those mad Essendon or Collingwood or, or Richmond or whatever fans in Tasmania are going to want to go and support like the, the Hawthorne relocation or the, or the North Melbourne relocation or whatever. So that's why I'd like to try and give them their own chance to have their own team to represent the whole region. But it's all pipe dreaming in it because I think that the AFL will do what the AFL does. And I can't imagine them giving up on Gold Coast after they've thrown so much cash at the place for so long. And I can't imagine them chopping many of the Victorian teams either. So I don't know. Where, where does that leave us? I'm not sure. Well, I mean, look, we, we talk, uh, the reason we've done this is because we talk about this quite regularly and, and like my views have shifted and I think yours have, um, you've put it together quite nicely there. And look, uh, you, I think you would always say, just get rid of the last two in are the first two out. So get rid of Gold Coast and GWS and they should have started over. But yeah, I like the idea of giving Taz and, and, and T their own teams. I, I, I actually really do. I just struggle with, um, I just don't know if they're going to do that. 
you know, but I, I, I actually agree with you. I think that would be way better for the reason you outlined. I hadn't really thought of it like that. But that's, yeah. So what would you call the Tassie team and the Northern Territory team, mate? Um, the Tassie team, I mean, you, you can just pick, it's either the, the Tigers or the Devils, I guess that's what they're all called. You're not going to, yeah, yeah, probably not going to yeah. go beyond that because they're such established nicknames for the Tassie teams. Or, um, but you probably wouldn't go Tigers because the punt. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a team called the Tigers. So, obviously, we're not going to call them the team, Tigers. There's a, there's, a, there's a little team called uh, Richmond yeah. <laughs> uh, Dynasty Tigers that are doing pretty uh, well out there. So, I reckon, uh, yeah, probably Devils, mate. Yeah. Or even Devils. the um, the Islanders, like the Tassie Islanders or something, maybe could work because uh, there's, the, there's the Islanders in the NHL. Um, and that's, that's always been quite a cool sounding name to me. So, maybe something like that. Um, Tassie apples or something. Yeah, and then <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know like the like maybe the Northern Territory team. I, I quite liked the um the NT Thunder when the Northern Territory Thunder was playing in the East Coast League a couple of years ago. I quite yeah, liked that that, cool. that as a name because yeah. it sort of brings that, especially because if they're going to be based up in Darwin, which is where you imagine they would base them and probably play a couple of games in Alice Springs a year, but mostly in Darwin. Um, you know, they get storms and stuff, so it kind of makes me think of the like the tropical thunderstorm coming. And I quite like the name of the NT Thunder. NTT. I um I was cons- for my um you know territories team. I thought you could call them the terri- the terriers, but um you know obviously if you're in my concept you're 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 throwing the hawks or the roos over there, so you'd probably have to keep their mascot. But I, I loved the sound of the territory terriers, you know, and so you'd have a, a grudge match against the bulldogs. And are there any other dog dogs in there in the, in the league? I don't think so. We have a team called the uh, Corgis. A good mate of mine. I say hi to Nadia actually. Corgis. Yeah, I don't Corgis, think you're joking, are you? I don't think she <laughs> listens, but I'm going to say hello anyway. Um, she's she's from a very strong Corgi family. They even have Corgi races, mate. Check it out on YouTube; it's unbelievable. Um, we could have the, the Canberra very... Corgis. Canberra Corgis would be wonderful, and it's a reference it to the Queen. Very you know? regal, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the, the Queen, Queen Elizabeth the... had Corgis for many years, so the the Queen approves of this football <laughs> club. <laughs> Um, yeah, right. Amber right well, so what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, look, let, okay, let's wrap it up. All right. All right let, so <laughs> obviously we, we have different views and they're always forming. Um, you know, we love the Swans and the, the fact that they're in Sydney and we've done well. And, you know, obviously winning helps everything. And so I think that's why, you know, GWS don't come up because they came very close to winning the flag, you know, so, you know, the, the Gold Coast Suns have a list that is just full of talent. And so, yeah, they are under the clock to, to get it right super, like very quickly, um, like GW, GWS has um, or has in the past, but then also lost a lot of players as they do it. But, yeah, look, I it's going to be interesting. I, I just don't think that – and I and this is one of the things that you and I have always thought about is it's hard to take, it's hard to take away once you've fought – to get things there in terms of a budget like you know so if they've grown to 18 i think they would be extremely reluctant to shrink oh, so, they won't. yeah and i I, I, said, I agree totally that they won't yeah. yeah yeah so look keep 18 or if you're going to go to 20 i think yeah having heard your logic i, I, I actually back your structure over mine mate to be honest so <laughs> yeah no nice chat it'd be interesting to see like maybe we can um have a few uh, get something going on Facebook or Instagram and see what uh, some of the list, listeners think. Um, maybe the AFL could do themselves a favour and listen to, to the fans. It might help um, rather than just do their own. What did they do for the for the Giants? Didn't they do a few um, focus groups or something? Did and they? Then we're uh, like, yeah. I didn't know they talked to anyone in New South Wales before they plopped the team, and I'm sure they chatted to a few people. But there's, I mean, come on, it's been ten. How long? Ten years now, the Giants and. 
they've been in a grand final. They're a consistently strong team and they still get what? How many people turn up each week to watch when they're not playing the Swans? Like it's very... Look, I get the idea of, of creating a local derby or derby because the other states have it. Melbourne's got it with every other club. But it's just... In, as you said, like Sydney, probably Sydney Swans and Brisbane Lions was enough for the time being in, in these states, in New South Wales and Queensland. But, you know, business sense, you, you want to expand and grow. So the, be- the easiest way to do that is to create like another team and a local rivalry. And then I think that was their logic, but it just hasn't worked. The reason I think to an extent it's worked with the Swans and the Lions is because they have that history there from those other clubs like South Melbourne and uh, I've got to get this right, Fitzroy. Mm. So not Footscray, they're they're the bastards that beat us in 2016, aren't they? Um, But um, yeah, so look, it's, it's a very interesting topic. I love the idea that there'd be an extra game a week. I actually love that. Um, even though nine games a week is a stretch to watch. But I just love the more the merrier in my eyes. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah. All right. Well, hope, uh, maybe. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, I'll try and put something on Facebook and um, see if um, uh, the listeners can throw us their, their thoughts on the topic because it is a very interesting topic and we'd be keen to hear what uh, the people out there think. Um, but uh, all right. So I think that's probably enough on that topic, would you say, Steve? Yeah, I don't have anything else for that for now. I mean, we could talk about it all day, but let's let's not. <laughs> Otherwise, we will right, talk mate. about it all day. Fair play, mate. All right, let's move on. Um, so, as mentioned last week, uh, we're only going to be looking at the Swans next game in the round ahead preview. Um, we won't be looking at any none um, any other non Swans games, which we had been doing up until now. Um, so, with that in mind, uh, game six of round fifteen is an away game for the still sixth place Bloods taking place this Saturday, the 26th of June at the Adelaide Oval in Adelaide, South Australia against the fifth-placed Port Adelaide Power with first bounce from 4.05pm local time or 4.35pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. So, Steve-O, I think you've been following this one pretty closely. So do you want to give us a bit of a bit of a background uh, to this? Because I think there was a couple of changes uh, COVID-related, yeah? Yeah, it's been a bit chaotic this week, actually. You know, I just noticed, actually, when you read that out, it's, this is fifth versus sixth. It doesn't feel like it, does it? It feels like it's like second versus 12th or something. Um, yeah. It's this match, but I'm, it's fifth I'm, versus I'm guessing you I'm guessing you're calling the, the Swans 12th there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I'm also not yeah. calling Port second. Let's say fifth versus 12th. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, it's been it's been hectic this week because normally normally we record on a on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, so we have the episode ready for for everyone to hear on the Wednesday. But because um because of your your um, son's arrival, it's all been a bit all over the place, and so every day I've been trying to catch up on where the Swans are because they have been flying all over the place. They um they got a call the Swans players and the Giants players, mind you, not just the Swans. So all of the New South Wales based AFL teams. Um, on Tuesday around four in the afternoon, 4.45 in the afternoon, Phil Davis was, was interviewed about this and they were all on the same flight, I think with the Giants fellas. And they were told around four in the afternoon to pack a bag that you're going to be gone for a while. Not really sure how long. And they were all on an 8 PM flight out of Sydney. So within four hours, they got the call, packed their stuff, got to the airport and they were off, um, with the hope of avoiding any implications from a possible lockdown in Sydney, because there's been a a spike in Sydney around around Bondi area, I think, which is very close to where the Swans home base in particular is and where a lot of them live. So I think they just need to get out of there because it might have escalated. And it seems to be fairly moderate at the moment, which is good, um, but it was better safe than sorry for the Swans to get out. So 
Um, so what that means is that the Swans are now in Melbourne, as are the Giants. The Swans will fly to Adelaide to play Port on Saturday morning. Then when they arrive, they've got to have COVID tests as soon as they get there and they can't play until they get the test and then they've got to fly back out the same day. So that's why the game has been brought forward by three hours or so. So that's why it's at four o'clock in the old 4.30 Eastern Standard Time in the afternoon rather than a 7.30 night game. Um, so that's the plan at the moment. They'll fly to Adelaide, get the tests, play the game, fly home, which is just like what, or very similar to what Collingwood did and Geelong did a couple of weeks ago to play their games in Adelaide against the Crows and against Port. Um, and both of them got a win too, despite having to go through that quite strenuous match day situation. So that's with the Port game. The Swans, from what we understand, we're not sure who's been taken on the trip. Um, can't find anything that says exactly which players have gone, but about 30 Swans or so have travelled down to um down to Melbourne where they'll be based and the players can train but otherwise they're restricted to the hotel because they've got to meet the South Australian government requirements to get in and play against the Port Power um, and because they're not sure when this is going to finish in Sydney when it's going to have a resolution it's likely that the round 16 game against the West Coast Eagles which was scheduled to be at the SCG is going to be relocated to Melbourne and played there so West Coast will fly in and the Swans will stay and then hopefully by then um, there'll be some better news um, with the with the health situation the public health situation and things can resume as they were but that's the current state of play with with all of Wowzers. that. Okay so thank you for following that I, I must admit um, I've We've been in the hospital a couple of days in a, in a, in a row now, so uh, I'm, I'm completely oblivious to the outside world. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> wowzers, it sounds like apocalypse now out there. Um, so, oh, man, I'll tell you what, because every day, because I watch AFL 360, I quite like it, especially Robbo. I'm, I'm a massive Robbo fan, if anyone watches AFL 360 on, on the Fox channels and stuff. And every day at the beginning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they update the COVID situation. And it's, it's like, it's always a new list of who's playing where and who's flown where and what's going on. And three days in a row, I've been chopping and changing my notes. And I think I've got it all right, but apologies if it's wrong. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm impressed. Um, also, I think I did read um, in, a, in a spare moment this week that um, even if we play the Eagles at the MCG, um, that's not too bad because we've, we've played them there before and we've had a little bit of success. Um, obviously, um, yeah, 2005, 2006 grand finals. And have we played them there other than those two years? I can't imagine why we yeah. would have. No, I mean, there was those two well, finals. Played, yeah, yeah, we wouldn't have. If we met them in earlier finals games, it would have either been more than likely in WA or, sorry, in Perth or Sydney. So, yeah, yeah look, it, it's good to have that um, on the board. It's obviously an era, you know, more than 10 years ago um, with different... Well, Dean Cox is still around, I guess. <laughs> 15 years ago. You're getting old, mate. 15, is it? Oh, goodness. <laughs> wow. Leo Barry, you star. That's right. Um, yeah, and it was, yeah, it was, guess who? It was, um, it was old mate Dean Cox who kicked the ball for Barry to take that mark too. So he's on our yeah. side now. So I reckon we'll be sweet. Maybe we got to him um, early. It was like a, an inception type moment where years later we planted the seed to kick the kick the ball straight to Leo Barry. No, come on, we're, we're being harsh here. We love Coxie and we love Leo Barry, obviously. But um. Um, okay, mate. So I'm going to come back to, I've got a question without notice, but I'll pick it up in the next section. So we are going sure. to, we normally obviously talk about who we think might come in um, ahead of the game uh, based on injury and form. Um, so we'll quickly do that. And then I'll add the question that I was going to ask. So who, well, actually by now we know who, I mean, the teams have been announced and we actually know 
who's in and who's out, don't we? So what are we looking at here, Steve-O? Um, I mean, Wicks, we knew was going to be out. Wicks was suspended prior to the buy for that high hit. He's out for a week. So Wicks has gone and Goulden has come in, I guess, as a more or less um, direct swap. So Errol Goulden, great to see him back off his injury. Didn't um, didn't waste any time getting back into the seniors. He just he's going he's gonna to strap straight in and hopefully have a really good game. And um, and then McDonald, Logan McDonald has been dropped and Caden uh, Brand is going to come in, as you said, I guess, for a bit of height. Yeah, I guess just to bolster um, like he did when he came in against um, the Blues, I think it was, wasn't it? With with was, was it that game when he came in? Harry McKinnon? I think so. Yeah, because yeah, they've got yeah, a few yeah. big guys forward, don't they? They've got their, their, their rucks play forward a bit. Yeah, I think it was Blues. That's right. Yeah. Um, and look, I, look, if we had recorded this a couple of days ago, I probably would have pushed again for Dylan Stevens to have another crack, even though he's not really like for like for, for Wicks. He's not a, a pressure forward. But um, look, yeah, I'm stoked that Gordon's back in. Obviously, he's one of my favourite players. I think he's a, a lot of a lot of people's favourite players. Um, yeah, and I hope he, he gets a good run. My question to you was, if we know the 22 against Port now, um, and we actually should know the emergencies, I think was off the top of my head, Oh, now I'm testing myself. Ronk, Sinclair, McDonald, did he make emergencies? And and maybe Stevens. So if that's 26, and I could be wrong, um, who are the other four players they've taken? Okay. So who who is the who's the who makes that that 30 squad that has gone? Uh, I mean, they said I said 30-ish. They didn't say because Tom Harley was interviewed the other day, and I saw him talking. He said around 30 he didn't give an exact number so i guess if that's 26 i would imagine that bell probably went taylor probably went um who else has been sometimes named in that um in that sub uh clark ryan clark yeah, probably, maybe clark like, it'd be people who that they know they can because if they're going to be away again for west coast it's probably going to be guys that they know that they can bring in and can play senior footy um yeah do you have do you have the emergencies there i don't have them in front i can of i can get it up i can get it up on my um on my phone just a sec if we come right. down uh, yeah so i guess i guess those three that we mentioned would be the most obvious ones because they've been the ones who've been getting picked the most um team lineups here we go is gonna be no i want the lineup apologies listeners yeah <laughs> we're normally we're normally more organized <laughs> at least we normally appear to be more organized <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that's that's all that really matters okay um the emergencies is O'Reardon, blakey sinclair and ronk so i guess chuck on to that probably um uh taylor stevens, stevens clark it's probably bell. those probably that lot i guess bell so probably yeah. all of them would probably would maybe have gone i don't know maybe gray even because he's a guy who can play senior footy yeah definitely and and obviously players like Reed Melican and um, I guess we could put Braden Campbell in there. We think may not have gone owing to still recovering from injuries. You would say? Yeah, yeah, they're all still in. And Warner too. Um, Longmire said this week in his press conference that um, that Warner and Campbell they were going to take a bit long with them. They want to be cautious with them. Um, and then he also said that Reed and Melican were still a little bit off. Uh, okay. All right. That makes yep. sense. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well. Um, okay. So. Um, for Port Adelaide, um, I think that their, their 250th gamer in Robbie Gray um, very unfortunately did his knee last week, I think, in his 250th and has to undergo knee surgery if that information is still um, accurate. Um, 
Butters and Dersma are still out and their guns. Um, I did read uh, that Hartlett and potentially, well, I, I'm, why are we doing this? So their teams are out as well. All right, yeah. sorry, mate. Let's have a look. <laughs> Dil- oh, God, my brain. Uh, Dylan Williams. So oh, that's right. Uh, debutant. So um, I think his second year is a bit of a, uh, not. A, I wouldn't say key forward. He's the third tall, about 100 and under 190 centimetres, I think. Um, and Todd Marshall, the other um, key position forward, has come in for Lockie Jones. Peter Laddens. Oh, no, I'm going to have to readjust some of my uh, fantasy teams. And as, as mentioned, uh, Robbie Gray there. Yeah. Um, all right, mate. So which Swanee do you see flying high and why? I want to see Florent have a really big game. Looking at those, um, those tallies from our best and fairest thing, I... Um, I noticed that he had a really good first half of the year and he's been solid since, but I'd like him to really get, um, get heavily involved and be one of our better players. Um, and he's, he's the sort of guy I think that, um, that can really be quite good on the Adelaide Oval. He can zip around and, and get some outside ball and, um, and yeah, hopefully have a good impact for us. Yeah. Nice one. I'm, uh, I'm going to go with, Oh, Errol, just because it's been a while. And I think he's going to come out and uh, absolutely rip it up. And the other thing is obviously it's, 2021 uh this year and that is a big year for me i'll always remember because it's the year that my first as it were as reported my firstborn was born um so uh he will always have uh 21 at the end of his birth date and of course that will be errol golden for hopefully the next 10 or 15 years so he is certainly a player um special to my family uh in that regard so i hope he comes back in and i hope i hope he has a ripper I'm not going to put any pressure on him, not, not going to call for four goals and 20 disposals. I just want him to get in and have a crack, which I think he will. So that's who I've got. Um, we mentioned a few players from Port earlier. Who are your danger players, mate? Oh, for me, it's Alir Alir because he knows the Swans system. Um, he knows the Swans players and he's a very, very smart player the way he positions himself. And if we send too much sloppy messy ball into the forward line he's just going to pick it apart and have a fantastic game so we've got to be really really conscious um, not only of his positioning and to try and I mean it's very hard to draw a player as as good and smart as him away from the ball because he's going to position himself but um, but to at least be wary of him in the contest so that our players can make sure that our marking players have got a better run in it and so Alia isn't just picking it off and a lot of that comes on the midfield they've got to put it in the right spots so yeah Alia could easily tear us up if we don't um, don't do some work on him yeah definitely um, bit of a for a bit of a ginger affair, I guess the first time that we've played Port and um, obviously losing him, but gaining Hickey, so he's mixed emotions. So, yeah, he's definitely, I think, a player to look out for. Um, I also think that Ollie Wines uh, is having just a stellar year. He's really living up to his potential. I know he's had a few uh, few little indiscretions along the way, um, but he's, you know, what is he? He's 25, 26 now, so he's really coming into, into form and just having uh, an incredible year. So he's someone that I think we need to shut down. I think Really, Joey Kennedy's got to do the job because he's a big body and I think you've got to throw another big body on him. But um, Connor Rosie is, a, is just a freak of nature. Um, and I think he kicked, was it the other week, he kicked four goals in the first quarter or something, ended up with 5-1 for the game. He's just, he is an absolute, just a gun. Um, so as someone we really got to look, uh, be wary of. And I, I'd say that um, probably Cunningham, Hewitt or Fox, I imagine, who's still in there, will probably get the job if he plays in that um, half forward or forward pocket role as he has been lately. Another player, I think, um, who might not get uh, as much attention or you know respect that I think he deserves is Carl Amon. 
I just think he's a very classy player. He's got a beautiful left foot. Um, he roams that wing like he can just run all day and he can actually, um, you know, get up and, and kick a goal for them as well. So he's someone I think we really need to be wary of and probably have a runner like, um, I'm, I'm assuming McInerney is there in the game. Let's have a look at the lineups. God, goodness, sorry, listeners. Yep, Mac- Jazzy's there. Yep, so I'd say him or, yeah, Oli uh, Floren, as you've mentioned, should or really need to stick with him on the wings because otherwise I think he's going to rip it up. But, um, yeah, okay. So let's have a quick look at uh, how we get the win this week. What do we do? What are our winning formula requirements, Steve-O? I just think go after them. I mean, they're vulnerable. They've they've had a lot of pressure on them for not being able to beat good teams, including on their own um, on their own home field. And um, if we can go after them, because for about the last month against like Hawthorne and St Kilda and Collingwood and bloody um, Carlton, these teams they've really come at us and made it tough for us, and we've been the one getting hunted. So I reckon the Swans can flip it this week and really enjoy being the hunter after all that time being hunted and really go after Port and, you know, pressure them out of it, make them not play their style of footy and get back to how we were playing against those stronger teams earlier in the year, like the Brisbane's and the Richmond's and stuff. And, um, and from the beginning too, like none of this giving up a four goal lead and trying to chip your way back into it. Nonsense, you know, really get a crack. Yeah, right. That's uh, I like that. And I think you could add to that um, in doing so, try and mitigate the crowd because we know it's probably one of the host, the most hostile crowds um also let's call them passionate uh full of fervor um crowds in the in the afl so um you know obviously doing that and getting ahead and then not allowing them to play a a part in the in the game as they can do um from time to time especially with those deliberate calls um is something that we need to be wary of the other thing i've just just come to mind um obviously scott lysette is the key ruck obviously with peter laddams out um and I know that he was the premiership ruck for West Coast Eagles in 2018. Um, was Tom Hickey at the Eagles in 2018 or was he still with the Saints? Who knows? It's a bit of a he's, question without notice. He's been everywhere, hasn't he? I mean, who can keep track of where Tom Hickey's been playing footy for the last 10 years? So without knowing exactly the years off the top of my head, <laughs> when Hickey... Oh, let's have a quick... Sorry, 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 listeners. We're doing this again. Hickey, uh, when was he at the Eagles? I've got Hickey. Google working on it right now. Right. Let's do it, Steve-O. <laughs> Sorry. No, nah, he wasn't there. In, in 2019, 2020, he was at West Coast. Okay. So, all right. So, I was going to say, if he had a chance to play with him and sort of know how he plays, that might have given him, um, well, I guess it goes both ways, um, <clears throat> some kind of advantage. But um, I didn't get the figures. I didn't do the homework. So, it's not a worthwhile comment. So, apologies for that little tangent all right let's look at our recent form and our previous meetings so obviously the swannies are eight wins five losses and the port are nine wins four losses um sitting at six and fifth respectively our last five have been a buy a loss win win loss theirs have been win loss buy win win um when we look at the past encounters it hasn't been a pretty picture um, I've looked at the past five, but I'll just highlight the past four. So 2020, 19, 18, and 17. The most two recent have been at Adelaide Oval, and the two before that have been at the SCG. The Swans have lost, on average, to Port by 31 points over the past four games, um, two of which have been at Adelaide Oval, two of which have been at the SCG. So I think it's fair to say Port have had how measure 
in recent times. So I think it's going to be a very, very hard game. Um, with that in mind, Steve-O, who are you tipping? I think Port's going to win. I'm, I'm just not confident enough after the last month of footy and really our last two and a half months of footy to tip the Swans. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm tipping Port as well. Um, but I'm hoping that they prove us wrong, as always. Um, I don't mind losing the tip so long as the Swannies win. <laughs> All right. Um, Steve-O, if a group of Swans is called a bevy, then what is a group of power called? Again, this was like the Carlton one. There was nothing on the internet, which is always amazing because usually you can find something on the internet. Um, so I have to come up with some of my own. So so for power, I've got a couple. You can pick which one you like, maybe. I've got a demonstration of power, a generation of power, an imbalance of power, a distribution of power, and a consequence of power. I'm mostly focusing on power in terms of controlling people rather than energy, except for a generation. But they're my five short lists. So just putting on the spot, if you did look at them um, conceptually as power generation, like electricity, what would you, what, what would be an option there? A flood of power, maybe like hydro. Okay. Okay. Flood of power. What about a spark of power? Or spark. what about? Yeah. Spark sounds very one-off though, doesn't it? Like you have a spark and then it's gone like a, like a high school yeah. crush. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we're getting a, we we could we we could go down uh, memory lane there, Steve. But we probably won't bore the listeners with that one. But um, so okay, spark let's, let's water. What about a a current of power? Yeah, current of power. That's that's, good. that's all in in with their whole we are port we are now thing, isn't it? That's, um, yeah. But I'll go with because you've done the work and and you've done most of the work in this episode. Thank you. Um, my family thanks you. Uh, the listeners, thank you. But um, so I'll, I'll go back to your uh, options there. I would probably say a generation or a distribution because um, I think demonstration is a bit too political. A consequence is a little bit cause and uh, action. Imbalance is, yeah, again, I guess a little bit political. But so I'm going to go with generation or distribution. Or well, maybe manifestation. Um, How does that one sound? Manifestation of power. <laughs> this is so highbrow, all of this, all of the words that we've chosen for this club that, let's face it, can get absolutely feral at the best of times. Yeah, but their um, boss is we... Koshi, and Koshi is a national treasure. So we've got to give him some respect. <laughs> all right. I know this this is the man who told Eddie Maguire to go stick his jumper as far as he could stick it. You know, we've got to give Koshi some, um, some kudos. Yeah, fair play. All right, mate. Well, um, we've got enough there, so we'll we'll decide on something by next week. Um, but yeah, there's certainly going to be a tough uh, prospect this week. But let's hope the Bloods can come away with the win. All right, let's finish off with our tips of the round. And Steve-O, you are going to read it out because you have all the details there. I do because you're on your phone, so you can't see the things. Okay, first up, we've got the um, the Lions. This is top four clash. Lions versus Cats. Currently going, actually. It's playing as we speak. And All right, so let's. Who, so you, who did you pick before we saw the updated score? I, I'd pick the cats before we saw the scores. Okay, I had also picked the lions. So we can either choose to keep the points, like not keep the points if you want, just because we're late, or um, or we can just go with the, the the tips that we got. What do, what do you want to go with? No, no, I'm I'm fine with going. What I put in. Cats are getting thrashed, by the way. They're getting done by six goals oh, midway re- through the third. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. so that's awesome. that's you've got one on me for the week because the cats aren't coming back from this, I don't think. Wowzers, um, okay. I didn't I, see that. I, I never would have tipped the Lions. I, I was going to tip the cats all week. I've been 
pretty bullish on them actually, and they've proved me wrong. So the next game up is um oh no, and you know what? Because I've got a Finnish phone, this has got the times in Finnish time. It automatically changes. Uh, so at twelve okay. fifty p.m. tomorrow, um, Finnish time, Richmond's going to play Saints. That's going to be Friday night. Uh, Richmond versus St Kilda, eighth versus thirteenth. Who have you got? Um, I've got the Tigers, mate. Yeah, me too. And then the next um the next day um it's the afternoon game so 145 on saturday afternoon we've got north melbourne versus gold coast wait That's... wait wait is 145 finish time or oh no I'll, i'm i'm converting in my head i'm just plussing seven to everything um well i'm, I'm impressed okay thanks mate just I've, just checking <laughs> i've got some good math skills mate i can add seven to, to a number. <laughs> Anyway, um, North Melbourne, 18th versus the Sun, 16th. And that's down in Tasmania again, by the look of it. Um, BA is the stadium. So um, I'm tipping... Hobart. Yeah, Hobart. So I'm tipping North for that one. Yeah, me too, mate. Ruse. Yeah, cool. And then next one, um, also set the afternoon game, um, court to one. We've got Collingwood coming in 15th versus the Dockers, 11th at Marvel Stadium. Interesting, not at the MCG. Um, I'm going the Pies after their their big win against the D's for Bucks last, but who knows with those guys? How about you? I've I've said Pies, but I'm actually going. So I've said Dockers. I'm going to change with the Pies. I don't know why I tip the Dockers. I don't think the Dockers are going to beat Collingwood in Melbourne. Yeah, I think I think Fife. I think Fife is potentially out with that dislocated shoulder. I don't. I haven't read the update if he was announced, but I know he was a bit um, touching go during the week. So if if he's out, he's massive out. So. Um, but plus they're not playing that well either. So yeah, that's why I went yeah. to the No, I think I must've thought that was in Perth. And that's why I thought no way I'm tipping, tipping Collingwood as well. Um, yeah. then the next game also a Saturday game, Saturday night, we've got Essendon at the MCG taking on Melbourne top, top place, Melbourne Essendon 10th and looking pretty good. Uh, demons for me, mate. Yeah, me too. I think, yeah, they're, they're looking good. The bombers, but not good enough to beat Melbourne at the yeah. MCG. And then it was an exciting, it was an exciting game against the Hawks down in Tassie, wasn't it? That crowd was well into it. It's fantastic. It was, um, it's quite an exciting game the way they came back, but, um, we obviously don't want to give too many, uh, compliments to either Hawthorne or Essendon just for obvious reasons, but especially after you said you wanted to relocate one of them to Tasmania, (laughs) um, I'd really exactly. to the VFL. I wouldn't even bother shifting <laughs> around. Not, not just them, like any of these Victorian teams. I'd just be putting some of these from... I mean, Hawthorne's not going down, I don't think, but i just put them in the VFL. Um, uh, Giants versus Hawks is the next one. Ninth versus 17th. MCG, it's a Giants relocated game, I guess. They were supposed to play in Sydney this week, but they can't. They've had to move. So that's going to be Sunday afternoon, um, 10 past one on a Sunday. Giants versus Hawks. I'd still go Giants with this, even in Melbourne, I think. Yeah, me too. I reckon Giants are looking pretty good. They've just got a really, really tough fixture to get home, to get in the A. Yeah. But they're looking solid. Did Toby Green get a week off for that hit on, who was it? I think it was Nick Newman, wasn't it? I thought he got a fine. Did he get fined for it? I can't oh, he, oh, he got a fine. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen. But yeah. more than that, how good was that talk, that 60-meter yeah. spiral? Oh, my God. That guy's just a freak, isn't it? Yeah, they tracked it actually on um, on one of the panel shows this week. They they did like a measurement. It was I think sixty seven meters or something? It flew something. Like oh, because it actually cleared the goals quite easily, didn't it? Yeah, massive kick. Yeah, wow. All right. Yep. And, Who's and all of the all the old school commentators were loving it. They were so excited because I think their entire life revolves around hoping for a torpedo once a week, and they got one from Toby this week. 
<laughs> uh, well, you take the, the small wins when you get them. Yeah, that's it. Because <laughs> the other problem with the torpedo is if you don't get it perfect, it can be a mess. So you really only want to do it after the siren because otherwise you might be giving the ball back to the other team. You remember, you remember when Tommy McCartan went for the, uh, the Hail Mary when we could have won against um, early this I think it was against the Giants, wasn't it? Um, mm. Funnily enough. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah, he got tripped and then had that kick from about 50, I guess would have been 55. He, I think he would have benefited from having a quick word to Toby Green. But um, yeah, look, it, it's a very difficult thing to pull off, isn't it? Yeah, it's not an easy kick at all. It's a tough one to nail. And and the margin yeah. of error is low. It can easily skew off to the side or or whatever. Um, okay, we've got two more games. So uh, Eagles versus the Dogs. That's over in Perth. Um, seventh versus second, who do you reckon? Yeah, I'm going... I'm going Eagles, mate. I just think that they've got four. I, I was reading they've got four key players back. I think it was Shepard, McGovern, um, Shuey, and Tim Kelly. And they are huge ins. And I just think at home with the local crowd, even though the Bulldogs are looking good, I don't know what's happened with Norton. I think he, I'm, I don't know how he pulled up with it, with his ribs. But yeah, I just think it's going to, it should be a cracking game. But I'm going to pick the Eagles. Interesting. I think I've, I've put the Bulldogs and I'm going to stick to the Bulldogs. So I reckon they're going to get it. But it'll be a good game, and I reckon that it'll be good for the finals if if the Eagles are up and about. Um, I mean, it'd be good for the Swans if the Bulldogs win, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's got to that yeah. time of the year, hey, where you just want results to go a certain way based on where the Swans get affected. <laughs> like, yeah, Love you're, it. you're doing weird things like cheering for Collingwood to beat bloody Brisbane or you know, teams you'd otherwise <laughs> like. Uh, you uh, feel dirty, but yeah, you, you you do what you need to do to to get the to get into the eight, don't you? That's that's <laughs> right, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and the last game of the round um, on on Sunday, I guess afternoon again, is Carlton fourteenth versus the Crows twelfth, and that one is at Marvel as well in Melbourne. Marvel, okay. That uh, man, I'm just so uninspired about that game. Um, the Blues, I think they need to win. They just in just a turmoil haven't they announced a, a mid-season review already yeah unbelievable like, the, like they've still got half the season to go and the the board or someone's like yeah we're reviewing the entire football department like what does the coach and the other stuff other staff think about that how would you feel going to work every day like, it's just it's already like flying it, like when you when you announce where we we're doing a review mid-season is is there not a bigger like raising the white flag we give up like why don't they just take the off season to review and just push ahead and keep you know, they're not going to I mean they may get worse than 14th but you know if they actually pull their finger out and have a crack they could you know win a couple but I don't know they, the Victorian teams seem to do that don't they yeah I, I feel bad for like the I mean the coach the players the whole football club really I mean and the fans surely you'd at least wait till the end of the year I don't know I was a bit surprised that, that they would do that and then the bloody coach has got to be there for two and a half months still trying to get the players motivated and they know that the um that the club's looking over his shoulder so yeah tough tough times i'm just looking at the tips actually that's we've got two different you're going to get this one lions cats you're going to get we're currently dead even we've been going backwards and forwards it's never gotten out to about more than a three or four point lead all year and we're currently spot even and based on the lions cats one you're up by one and then if the dogs beat the eagles we're back even again yeah right okay yeah, so it's tighten the tipping and that's it. I think that's all the tips. Yeah, last game's done. Yep. Yeah, nice one. All right. 
Well, this was a bit of a cobbled together episode. Um, thank you for everyone's patience. But, I mean, that brings us to the end. Have you got anything else to mention at this point, Stevo? No, just looking forward to getting a game of footy. It was horrible watching teams I didn't care about running around last week. I'm glad to see the Swans back. <laughs> That's it. Me too, mate. And I, I feel rejuvenated with, uh, obviously, the arrival of, of, of Bub. And let's hope that uh, the Swannies can get a win for him or he can bring them some good luck and, and we can get back on the, uh, the winning, um, I guess, ledger or side of the ledger. So that brings us to the end of this episode. On behalf of the Bevy, I'd like to say thank you very much for listening. We look forward to you joining us next time. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at a bevy of bloods for updates and announcements. Please also feel free to check out a quick bevy with Swans fans on YouTube and Spotify or wherever you check out your videos and podcasts. A Quick Bevy is a 10-minute weekly bonus series by me and another mate, Chris. However, uh, for reasons as I've already explained, I couldn't make it this week. So this week sitting in is another home game member, Brett, who is an absolute legend. So Chris and Brett, uh, I believe, have done the episode and we'll get that out tonight or tomorrow, uh, in which they... They've taken uh, taken in turns racing the clock to answer some heated Swans-related questions. So I'm actually looking forward to listening to that myself. Until then, up the bloods and can you, Swannies? <laughs>